0: Hello, welcome to the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. My name is Siobhan Atkins. I'll be your host for today. Thank you for joining us. Yet another wonderful week here in Philadelphia. We are um, inviting you to definitely visit our website, medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. You can also purchase the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success through our website or on amazon.com. Today we're going to just talk about different um, ways to boost patient satisfaction and talk about some of the top complaints um, in healthcare, whether it be hospital or medical offices, and just kind of touch base on some on some of the the most common ways to help your patient and, and a lot help your patients you know feel satisfied and be more um, okay with being in your office and you know some of the reasons are definitely across the board um, some of these reasons that we actually talk about in the medical receptionist handbook and it really goes to show how important certain things are that can be you know as simple as you know telling someone hello when they walk in the door so that is definitely something that we focus on and something that it looks like a lot of other offices so i have a couple articles that i pulled here um from healthcarefinancenews.com as well as patientpop.com, And so I may reference some of that uh, today um, and gomohealth.com. So I was just looking to get a sense of, okay, what, what are hospitals doing versus what uh, a private practice would do? And for the most part, you know, we're, we're looking at a lot of the, the similar things is, you know, how are, how are you greeting patients um, on the phone? Is it consistent? How long are your phones ringing before they're answered? Is each patient receiving a smile and a hello when they come in? Are you making eye contact with the patient? And using the patient's name at least one time you know, um, during their experience. And I think that is definitely a great way to make someone feel comfortable. Um, You know by using their names instead of you know miss or mister or ma'am or whatever terms you use always um, You know definitely try to use the patient's name and that helps them feel connected you You know you're going to more so remember who you're dealing with when you're actually using names And they don't just become the next patient the next patient the next patient so it gives a a personal um, personal touch and making eye contact as much as possible You know we're generally sitting in front of our computers we're trying to get information maybe we're looking things up that you need you know for that moment but if if the patient is actually engaging with you speaking with you about their visit or their paperwork or their insurance you should really make sure you take time look up acknowledge that you're paying attention to what they have to say Um, if they're standing in front of you for three minutes and the entire time you're staring at your computer that's not uh, making them feel welcome in that office and you know they're at this point not even sure if you're really paying attention, you know, and everyone doesn't read people the same. So the best way is to look at them and acknowledge uh, that conversation that you understand what, what they're asking you or that they understand what you're saying to them. Because if you might be talking to them and looking down, that's horrible because they could be making a face or nodding or have a little confusion and you haven't even seen their body language or their, their facial expression to, to know that maybe you need to explain something differently or, you know, just repeat yourself or, or what what the, whatever the case may be. And that's, you know, you kind of want to be a little perceptive with your patients and kind of have a, a step up and know how to respond, you know, to uh, their responses to you. Um, some other, so, so, and some of these, like I said, are very general, simple things. Make sure the spaces are, are clean, you know. Make sure your desk is clean or at least the area where the patient has to Maybe put their purse down, or you know, put their keys, or um, the waiting area. You know, are you going out there every now and again when you have two minutes, just to make sure there's no trash on the floor, that magazines aren't all a mess, um, that no one's, you know, no children have spilled snacks or you know, food on the floor, and just that consistent upkeep because you know the first ten patients should be the only ones to see your office nice and spiffy. It should be that same experience across the board so that's always kind of a quick thing then it lets you get out of your seat walk around a bit and um, you're also doing something to help out the office and um, listening to patients without interrupting them and sometimes that's hard to do right Um, and it's not it's not hard to do because it's kind of rude but it's hard to do when you kind of know you see the question coming from a mile away you're kind of ready to answer it but you you know always kind of let people get to the end and make sure there's a break for you to properly jump in, because that is something else that, you know, reduces patient satisfaction if they feel like every time they come in, they can't talk to the people who they need to communicate with um, to, to um, you know, handle their, their healthcare uh, needs or their paperwork or, you know, their their even their clinical needs. And some of these, these ideas really expand not only clerical and front desk, but also clinical, you know, making sure that patients are being listened to and that you understand what they're saying that they understand um, What you're saying and you know also the patient education part. I believe that goes From the front desk to the back as well because you know There may be something that you need to explain to a patient and there may be a different set of information that your medical Assistant or your doctor has to explain to a patient. So patient education is very important and patients feel very secure when they go to an office that takes those extra few minutes to explain information, to provide documentation on any procedures or processes that have to do with your office or their health care, and you know, or their children or parents' health care. So that is definitely a great way to boost your patient's satisfaction. Um, and making sure you're handling requests. So, and, and again, we cover this in, in the medical reception's handbook. If Someone asks you to do something, then they're expecting that you're gonna get it done so make sure you do it um, and make sure that you know you you are managing those requests and having them where you can access them not where you're gonna forget them and you put something on top of it and you didn't see it till two days later you know just make sure you're organized in that way so that you can keep your word when you say yes I'm gonna have this end before the end of the day or I'm gonna make this call for you and get those results over as soon as I can uh, whatever the case may be just you know make sure that your process puts you in a a positive space to make sure you're getting those things done Um, saying goodbye to patients and sometimes this is this is hard because sometimes patients don't need to stop at the front desk but I believe when they are heading out um, if you're able to communicate with them why not you know thanks for coming have a great afternoon see you again soon you know whatever whatever works in in your office setting Um, but that that is nice that they see that You know you're paying attention who's coming in and out of your office or your waiting area for for that matter Uh, Let's see what else we got here I'm thinking let's talk about The number one two and three issues of why patients become dissatisfied with an office First of course customer service, so if they have poor communications disorganization, and excessive delays and seeing the physician, the patient becomes dissatisfied. Right? Communication, if there is frustration with the communication, meaning, you know, maybe someone on the phone gave me one piece of information, I come in and someone at the front desk tells me an entirely different thing. So now, You know, I have two people who work in the same office who should have the exact same information providing me different information. So now I'm dissatisfied, right? I'm not happy. And then we're going to talk about, so the wait, wait time. So no one, no one likes waiting and that tends to become a huge complaint. You know, it doesn't matter how, how wonderful you are, how wonderful your doctors are, how wonderful your nurses are. When patient has to come in and sit for an hour, hour and a half, they will still be some tension or they'll be upset you know they're worrying about their time their other responsibilities um, so the best thing you can always do in these scenarios first of all if you know your office is behind and it's not a normal scenario or maybe it's longer than usual if you have time to call the patients ahead of time or you have an electronic system that can send messages do that have being informed improves the dissatisfaction of waiting you know by 50% just because the patient if not more because the patient is aware now they know they can be they can prepare themselves maybe they need to make a couple of phone calls patients in your waiting room who also have to experience this extended wait you should definitely make sure that you're reaching out to them in the waiting room you can walk out and talk to them or you can announce it from your desk you know if it if it's just one doctor if you have multiple providers that are maybe some of them are behind and some of them aren't, you make the announcement for that specific provider is running, you know, 20, 30 minutes behind. We apologize for the delay. Please come up to the front if you have any questions. And, you know, just that much will allow them to prepare themselves and to mentally prepare themselves instead of sitting there and hearing nothing and wondering why they've been here for, you know, an extended amount of time when they made an appointment two months ago. So, and the last thing I would like to discuss as far as Um, how you can improve patient satisfaction so now in in our handbook we talk about body language and you know being able to respond just like they do in in a lot of these articles when when we talk about patient satisfaction but here you know they, they specify look for cues that may indicate that the patient is not satisfied or concerned about something and I talk about that as well because you know what We can look at people and know that they're irritated, or you can look at someone and know that they're worried, or you can look at someone, usually, you know, that they may have an additional question, you know, so if they feel rushed, they're not going to be able to communicate those things to you. And if you don't ask some, you know, some people will just go ahead and sit down or they'll just leave and, you know, with their questions completely unanswered and feeling a little lost. So, you know, that's part of your job is it in communication and being a communicator and being the bridge at the front desk is to recognize these things and try to help the patient out as much as you can, you know, with with the information that you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple of other complaints that patients have that are not necessarily related to our clerical staff and our front desk. But you know, this is why everyone has to work as a team. Um, you know, dissatisfaction comes from having a lot of billing disputes, um, hard time making an appointment when they're sick, um, and, you know, things like this, and as you're working at the front desk, always, you know, if you notice there's a trend that on a certain day of the week, your office is completely booked and there's no way to get in emergencies or you know, if you ever notice a pattern that maybe someone else seems to not notice, maybe your manager hasn't really realized that all of a sudden, you know, Tuesdays have become your your very, you know, busy day or maybe um, you're, you're getting a lot of sick calls on on Wednesdays and, you know, you used to have more on Mondays, now it's switching to Wednesdays. You know, don't be afraid to bring those things to to your management's attention um, so that, you know, they can start looking at that and working on some solutions. And, you know, some people say, oh, that's their job. Yes, it absolutely is. But if you notice it first, why not be proactive in, uh, you know, reducing some of the, the other things that are going to happen as a result of your, your office being overbooked and your office getting more calls with when you have less staff and different things like that. So oh, don't always think of just, you know, how is this going to only affect me? you're working as a team so everyone can work together and, and improve the processes that, that you have going on in your office. Uh, people do not like to be rushed during an office visit. Now that I believe is going to be, I would say that applies to the front office and the back office because, you know, a patient doesn't want to be rushed through their through their paperwork when, you know, maybe they need to read your privacy policy, maybe they need to, um, you know, list a few physicians or, or, you know, their, contact people. They don't want to be rushed. They want to make sure the information is accurate. And the same thing when they're in the back with the doctor or with the nurse, they want to be able to have a visit, feel like, you know, they've been paid attention to, had their concerns looked at and, and their care, you know, the care provided at the level that your office um, is known for or is, you know, expected of, of any medical office, really. Um, issues being discussed with an earshot of other patients. That is definitely a huge, huge no-no. And this happens everywhere. For one, if you have a small space, you have a, if your front desk is or your waiting room is close to your front desk, you always need to be very mindful of what you're talking about. You really shouldn't be talking about anything um, outside of you know the patient that's in front of you or the patient that you're dealing with on the phone but you shouldn't really be discussing other patients in depth when there's other people um, in close proximity of you. Now, that goes the same for someone in your clinical staff. If a physician or a nurse is standing outside of a door talking about another patient, you know, patients in the surrounding rooms or walking through the hallway to use the bathroom can hear that. So we all have to, in healthcare period, we have to be very careful of how we're conducting ourselves, when we're communicating what we're communicating about, and, you know, at, and making sure those are those conversations are taking place at the appropriate time and um, in the appropriate area um, to protect everyone's privacy. Um, let's see. Oh, hard to reach the doctor by phone or email. So, you know, that sometimes is a front issue. And that's also, you know, a clinical issue, because a lot of times you may get that you may get the call that the patient wants to speak to a doctor. You may get the message first that has to be transferred over to the physician. And perhaps you've done your part, right? You triaged that call to wherever it needed to go. And maybe the, the callback didn't happen for two or three days when the patient thought they would hear back, you know, same day. So then when they call back, of course that comes back to you. And they're like, well, I called three days ago and I spoke to you and i was supposed to speak, you know, and, and obviously you're gonna let them know listen, you know, I did forward your message. We apologize for, you know, the delay in your callback. You know, please hold. And you go into whatever you need to do. But see, those kind of things um, sometimes are very hard to to manage because you can't make anyone else do their part at, you know, any specified time. But always let them know and know the policy of your office. You know, if patients call to speak with the doctor and your office policy is within 24 hours, the doctor will call you back. Maybe your office has a policy within, you know, same business day they will get a call back whatever it is for your office maybe it's you know if it's only for um a certain you know certain type of general questions you know maybe 48 hours whatever the case is make sure you know what it is so that when you take messages for patients you're letting them know i'm gonna you know you know if you have other clinical professionals who can speak to patients and they refuse and they only want to speak to this particular doctor who may be on vacation or this particular physician who has the busiest schedule of them all and they may have to wait three days you know let them know because then you cover yourself and, and you're also informing the patient so then if they you know if they wait a day and a half and think you know what I might as well just speak to someone else or they know that they're waiting you know for that doctor to call back in the three days and that's something you can always document as well I think it's great to document you know what you inform the patient of and so that it's, it's very clear um, in your records and um, it just saves a lot of, of time if it ever becomes an issue. And it also protects you as well as, as the patient. Um, inconvenient office hours. fortunately, we can't always change that. Um, our, I guess hours are going to be inconvenient to someone all the time. So you can't please everyone at the same time. Um, what else? Oh, filling out too many forms in the waiting room is another common complaint of patients. Now, many, uh, many offices have since moved into electronic medical record systems that has not done away with all of the paperwork. It may have, it, it's reduced it, you know, it's caused uh, some people to maybe just have to sign off on things that were already, you know, filled out previously, but the paperwork is, is still here in healthcare big time and there's some offices that have a lot of, you know, physical forms that have to be filled out by patients. And unfortunately, you know, we can only, there's only a certain level that you can change. But one thing I would say, if your office has a lot of forms and you, and you feel overwhelmed with paper, always look at ways to see, okay, can some of the information on this sheet be on, you know, another page? Is something just a half a sheet of paper? Like, how can we reduce this? Is this something where, you know, make sure every form you're having to fill out, is this necessary to have filled out yearly? You know, Um if one piece of information changed, do they need to do a new one? Can we you know, print the old one? Can they sign off on that and update the information with the attached you know, new uh, address or card or whatever the case may be? So always you know, think of ways, especially if you really feel like the paperwork is holding your, holding your patients back and maybe backing up your schedule, you know, always just look to see what other ways you can help the patient uh, have less paperwork to do and in turn help yourself with you know having less paperwork to do Um, and it's going to depend on your on your medical office type you know your specialty as to how much paper um, is required we all have to um, deal with general you know general demographic information um, insurance privacy forms and things like that um, history forms but some you know some offices are definitely way ahead of the curve and patients aren't you know aren't doing much a physical uh, form anymore but you know some some places we're still you know using paper and EMR and you know there's definitely a lot of variations um, throughout the country at at this point so you know it, it may be very well you work for an office that has a lot of a lot of paper still circulating and you know some may have next to none so it's kind of interesting to see you know The simple things that make a good customer service experience, you know, calling people by their names, you know, explaining things to them, allowing them to finish the sentence, um, being, you know, not sharing their information, being confident within, you know, the office, um, education, you know, patient education, saying hello and smiling, using, you know, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me using the proper greeting and consistent greetings over the phone and Making sure you know your space is clean. I mean these are all all these little things added together Create a really good experience for the patient and in turn it's going to be a smoother Experience for you and, and the rest of your office. So the last thing I want to say is make sure make sure you know, every, as a medical receptionist, medical secretary, anyone in healthcare, tend to get caught up in a lot of our um, daily activities. And outside of work, you may have, you know, your family and you have a lot of other responsibilities. Just um, make sure you make time for yourself. Take your 10 minutes to think, to read, to meditate, uh, take a walk. You know, get some fresh air. Always make sure you do what you need to do to to keep your mind clear and focused. And we always want to encourage everyone to take care of themselves while you're taking care of others. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast. Again, I am Siobhan Atkins. Please visit our website and check out the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success. We also have the Medical Receptionist Success Training available very, very soon for medical offices who um, would like to be a part of the Medical Receptions Network. So we're looking forward to unveiling that. And again, you can reach out to me if you have any questions. Contact us directly through our website. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. Bye-bye.